Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for such a great promise we have. And I want to just say by now, I know everybody pretty much that's watching you are very well aware of what's supposed to happen tomorrow night, and that's when uh, what Jupiter and Saturn are supposed to intersect with one another. And, and I heard that that, happened, that, haven't, that hasn't happened for like 800 years, and it's called by a lot of people or referred to as the Star of Bethlehem. I just think God has been so good to us to let us witness all the things that we have witnessed and see all the things that we are seeing. And, and God is loving on us big time. I'm telling you, He is because He's showing us all kinds of things. And if you've been a part of this uh, series, you know that it's called, and His name shall be called, and it's taken out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and we've gone through week by week the different things that he would be called, and one is wonderful, and then counselor. Last week we talked about how he's a mighty God, and this week we're going to talk about the fact that his name is also the everlasting Father, and uh, Christmas Day, we're going to conclude this with the Prince of Peace. But I want to talk to you for a minute uh, about the Everlasting Father. Now, right now, I'm fortunate enough to have a father on this earth. Many people have had to watch fathers and father figures and grandfathers leave. And, and if we are here and the trumpet doesn't sound, we will all go the way home that many people we love have gone. And no father, no father is an everlasting father. There's a lot of men that try their best when they're 50, 60, 70 to look like they're 30, but they need to give it up, folks. I mean, it's like, it's like pouring oil on a white blanket. It just, it just don't work, and, and they try. You know, I know ladies do too, but there's no everlasting father. You, you have an appointment, you're going to die. And the father, the everlasting father, gives us such consolation today. And people everywhere, they are people that are sitting in remote places of this planet right here who have never, ever had the luxury of having a father, let alone a godly father. But the Lord God knew this, and this, this is why when Jesus came with the many things he would fulfill, the roles he would fill, one would be the everlasting Father. And there's some things I want you to know, five things that I'm going to share with you quickly that you, you need to know about this everlasting Father. And these are also, if you're watching us through the app or on the website, these are listed for you. I wanted you to have these today. Because you may know someone that's struggling, and they need, to, they need this, this kind of peace that comes from these passages. The first thing you need to know about the everlasting Father is that He has given us, listen to this, everlasting consolation. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2.16, Now our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation 
and good hope through grace. Number two, he's not just an everlasting consolation, but he has made us kings and priests unto our God. The Bible says in the first chapter of Revelation, verse six, chapter 1, verse 6, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And I want to just stop and say something right here. Many people, especially right now, you feel worthless. You feel like you have no value and that in the eyes of maybe even family members, that you are not really uh, worth the time of day or, or they resent or despise you or, or don't even acknowledge you. But let me tell you something. If you belong to Jesus Christ and you've been baptized in the blood of the cross of Calvary, He not only calls you His own, but He makes you a king and priest unto God Jesus by the blood that He shed. So... You don't have to feel worthless. You don't have to feel like you're of no value at all. I'm telling you this morning, right now, that if you are a child of God, that you not only belong to the King of kings, but He's made us kings and priests unto God. So when you minister to the least of these, He said, you're not just helping somebody out in the community or in the church, or in your family. But what he says, you are actually ministering unto God. And praise be to God, you are worth more than gold. You are worth more than anything you could ever have or accumulate in this life because he's made you a king and a priest unto, of all people, unto God. The third thing you need to know, something I was kind of uh, referring to, is that he has actually not just said that we are His or that He knows us, but He's actually adopted you. The Bible tells us in the 8th chapter of Romans, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. And this is where He lets us know just how close we are to Him. We don't just call Him Father or we just don't say, Daddy, but we call him Abba Father. That's making it personal. Like he is your own physical father. He's closer than your fit. When you cry out, Abba Father, it's like you are going and you are saying, Daddy, Father, will you help me? You see where I am. You see what's before me. He has adopted you. And that's why it's such a valuable thing to belong in the kingdom of God to the King of kings and the Lord of lords because you are now a part of his family and I've said this before but you are a peculiar people you're a royal priesthood and praise be to his name this morning we ought to be the happiest people on the planet right now because the richest man on the earth if he don't have Jesus he does not have this hope and he can't buy it with money or power or influence God's adopted you today the fourth thing you need to know about this everlasting king is his children his children are actually capable of perfection. Notice what Jesus said in the fifth chapter of Matthew. He said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Let this sink in for a moment. Be ye perfect, 
How can I do that? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of me. God Almighty rests inside of me. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. And with that alone, it lets me know, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. That's why we can be perfect. We don't have to sin. People said, I sin every day. Well, you've got your mind made up if you say that. I'm making, it a, I'm making an attempt every day I wake up to try to do everything I can to stay away from sin, to stay away from sinful things, people that might have sinful influence on me, things in my house, in my car, where I am, that may have some type of bondage on me. I try to do what I can to be perfect just like my father inside of me is perfect the fifth and final thing you need to know about this everlasting father is he is a father of the fatherless people that feel abandoned people that's never had a father or people that have had a has have had a biological father but they've never fulfilled the role or they did a sorry sorry job at doing that he the everlasting father, your everlasting father will not only be your earthly father, he won't just be Abba father, but he is an actual father to the fatherless. You know, a lot of times when I was growing up, I would think, and my daddy doesn't claim to be mechanically inclined at all. Now, he could fix a shoe better than anybody that's ever tried to, in my opinion. And he did good, a great job at it. Because people would ride by other shoe shops in the day to bring their shoes to him because he had a standard. He had the standard of perfection. He would not let anything leave his shop that didn't look newer than the new shoes did. And, 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 and with knowing he was like that, I thought he could do anything until I got older and I figured out he really couldn't and he would fuss about it. But growing up as a, a young boy before I came to that conclusion and he bragged about not being able to do a lot of things, I thought he could do everything. I did. And a, and a lot of kids feel that way, I know, or maybe about an uncle or a father-like figure or a grandfather. You, you feel that way. But even our earthly fathers that might can do a lot of things, they still have limits. They have boundaries. There's things that they cannot do. But I'm telling you this morning, the everlasting father I'm talking about, he is a father of the fatherless and he can do anything in your life and in this life and in this world. He can do it and he can help you when nobody else can. It doesn't matter if you need $5. I used to say, Daddy, can you loan me $5? I'll work it out. I'll, I'll do it. it. It doesn't matter. Daddy, will you pray for me? Will you heal me? God's, God is more than an earthly father. He is an actual father to the fatherless. And why people run away from this everlasting father is beyond me. The Bible says this actually in the 68th chapter of Psalm, verse 5. It says, a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. And over in the 27th chapter, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. The everlasting father will never leave, never forsake. There may be things in our life, and there is, that is displeasing to him, that it, that it really just grieves his heart and it hurts him. And a lot of times it even angers him. 
But I want you to know he will not just write you off and say, I'm through with you. There's no way I'm going to invest any more of my love or my time into you because he's an everlasting father. He can outlast your sin. He can outlast your lust. He can outlast your running and sowing wild oats. We know this. The prodigal son is a perfect picture of what an everlasting father looks like. We see it in this story, but it's actually a great, great reminder of how he loves us and he's sitting waiting. This everlasting father... I'm talking about is waiting on a lot of you to come home like the prodigal father did, like he was waiting on his son to come home. He's there and he will take you in. He will pick you up. He will help you out. He will brush you off and he will hold you in his arms until you get on your way when nobody else will because he's an everlasting father. There's something I need to tell you about concerning this everlasting father that he's also able to make promises that he's not only always been able to keep and fulfill, but he always will do this. You know, sometimes our earthly fathers can make promises, and this might be, and I know this is a reality somewhere, and it's probably a reality many times over, but no doubt, and, and this is what breaks my heart, at the beginning of this year, maybe a young child or a, a wife said, you know, I would really like to have this or we need this. And, and, and the daddy might have said, we, you, you know, I'm going to work from now. And at Christmas time, we're going to make this happen. We, we're going to do what we can to make it happen. And then all of a sudden, you know the rest of this story. And that is that things beyond his control came into play and he couldn't fulfill that and it broke his heart. Maybe it's breaking a lot of people's heart because you can't follow through maybe with what you wanted to do or what you said and it was even a promise. I'll do this. We'll make this happen. And it hasn't happened that way. And that is bad, but I want to tell you that this God, this everlasting Father I'm talking about, every promise he's made, he's kept, he is keeping, he will keep, and they will all come to pass because he's an everlasting father. If there's something you've been praying over in your life or God's dealt with you about, just wait, there is something in my life. There's still something that's over four years old. I do not understand, but he's told me to wait. He's promised me that he will fulfill that thing that he started inside of me that I don't understand. But we, we run into Many times we run into things that we can't control in this life and we've made promises that we can't keep. But praise be to His name. He's made a promise to you. He's made a promise to me. He's made a promise to us that He will indeed not only keep like He's already kept, but He's going to continue to keep. One of my favorite promises is found in the first chapter of Acts, verse 4. It says, and this was to a group of about 120. He said, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise, listen to this, the promise of the Father. You see, no pandemic or anything else will affect the promise of God. And which saith, saith he, ye have heard of me. And that promise is still going on today. And you know what happened there. He said, you go and you wait, and I'm promising you that I'm going away, 
but I'm going to send the comforter. It's not a maybe. It's not a if you do good. It's if you go and you sit in that upper room, the ones of you that do that, you're going to receive this promise. And I promise you it's going to happen. And you've heard me say it that thousands were fed, but only about 120 wanted the real food, the real promise, and they did what God said to do, and praise be to God, the, the wind fell that day, the fire fell that day, the rain of the Holy Ghost fell that day, and many, many, many lives were changed forever, and you can read this whole account in the first two or three chapters of Acts, and you can see what happened, but what I want you to focus on today is that God said what he meant, he meant what he said, he gave the promise, and he's God enough to give you a promise right now, and he's, he's not going to die out like earthly fathers. If he made a promise, he's going to keep the promise, and since he's an everlasting father, he can outlast anything in our lives that may be up against us right now. God can wait it out, friends. We get impatient or we die out, and people give up on us, people give up on God, but there's no weapon that's formed against us, against him that will prosper because he is an everlasting father and he can outlast anybody and he can outlast anything. The Bible says in the 14th chapter of John, verse 2, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. The everlasting Father himself said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, he said, you know, I'm going to come again. I believe, I believe my place is ready. I believe everybody here that's ready, he is your Lord and Savior. He's what you think about every day. He's where your mind is. The world hadn't got a hold of your thought process. Your mind's not on circumstances or anything else, but the everlasting Father is what you wake up thinking about. It's what you go to bed thinking about. It's what you find yourself worshiping during the middle of the day when everybody else is talking about everything else. Your mind is on the everlasting Father. And I want you to know you can look up because because our redemption's drawing nigh, my friend, and my redemption and your redemption, we're about to see our Father soon. And very soon we're going to see Him. We're going to see Him face to face. And I told you earlier that He's not just an everlasting Father, but He's also the King of kings, and He's also the Lord of lords, and He's known by many, by a lot of things, but this King of kings, the one thing I love about Him as much as I love anything is that I identify him by love. The fact that he loved me when nobody else seemed to care. He loved me when nobody else was thinking about me. He loved me when I had done something that I shouldn't have done. He loved me, the everlasting father, the king of kings. That's why I know him and that's why I serve him because he loved me first. I'm going to love him and I know that I'm going to see him real soon. We're going to see him soon. Wouldn't it be great? You know, I had a mama moment yesterday, or Friday actually, uh, just for a brief moment. I did because uh, this Friday will be three years. My mother got to go home on Christmas Day of all days. Do you know how many times I've thought about this? What if the King of Kings, what if the King of Kings would call us home and let us go home on Christmas Day. He could actually come back when that, 
uh, Bethlehem star shines again tomorrow night. We don't know. I just know that I want to be ready. I just know that I want my, my course completed. I just know that this everlasting Father, and I'm just going to tell you this for a moment, my everlasting Father, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Mechadishkim, he has been faithful to me. I know that the Bible says in the sixth verse of Isaiah 9 that he's an everlasting father, and I believe it because I've read that and he said it. But I want to tell you, I not only know that because the Bible says it, and I still have an earthly father, but I know this because he's been an everlasting father to me. Not one time has he refused me. Not one time has he turned me away. Not one time have I been so bad that he says, Opie, you crossed the line. That's why I'm glad that God sent to us a son, a child is given, and one of those precious names is Everlasting Father. I know I've made my daddy ashamed before more than one time. I know I've made decisions that I'm embarrassed about today. But you know what? My everlasting father, since he will not die, since he won't get tired and weary or retire or anything else, my everlasting father has always been there with his arms stretched wide open. And I love him today. Will you pray with me, Father? I love you. And God, I thank you that you're not a little while father. <laughs> you're not a sometimes father. You're not a father when I'm living right and paying my tithes, father. You're not a father when I feel good or when I've made a good decision or when I'm reading my Bible, but hallelujah, you are an everlasting father. Yes, you are. And God, I know this morning that I'm loved by the best father in the world. I'm accepted by the best father in the world. And God, that's the greatest gift I could ever receive, Lord, is to be loved by you. So God, I give you praise and I give you honor and I give you glory. And I pray today, Lord, that you would be glorified. I pray today, oh God, that you would have your way. I pray that you would show yourself strong. Lord, we, we need, God, we need, we need revival, everlasting Father. God, it's not a matter of can we have revival or we want revival, but Lord, you're the everlasting Father. We need revival. We need it, Lord. God, we need it more than we need food. We need it. God, that's the only thing, Lord, that's on my mind is, is will we have revival one more time? And God, you said if we come to you, you will in no wise cast us out. And I'm asking you, Lord, and I'm asking everyone that's listening or watching, if they would agree right now, to God, that you would bless us with revival. Oh, Lord, you would bless us with revival. God, would you do that? Lord, we don't need a sign. I know that. And God, we don't need a bunch of money. We don't need things that are of value to the world, but we do need revival, Lord. We do need it. Father, everlasting Father, would you bless us with revival? And we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're a king, that you do love us. You don't look down or around us or 
over us, but you love us, Lord, and yet you're still a king. And we give you praise and honor and glory this morning. Hallelujah. God, we love you. And we thank you that you loved us first. We thank you that you love us most, Lord. God, I know that more than anything, you want to save lost people. You're not mad at people or you wouldn't have sent your son to die for You love us, Lord. God, more than anything else, I know that people need you. This morning, I want to invite every single person that's listening. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this everlasting Father, you, you may have never felt like you've got somebody that you can call Father, Daddy, but there is one. There's an everlasting Father. Maybe nobody wanted you, but there's one man that did want you. He wanted you enough to send his son. And he's ready to adopt you right now. And all you have to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I repent. I've never felt like I've mattered to anybody. But I didn't know that an everlasting father loved me. I didn't realize that a king of all kings really thought that much of me. He did and he still does. I didn't realize somebody loves me enough to give a promise that I can still reap and be a part of and many other promises. If this is you, will you just say, Lord, I am sorry for my sins. I realize I cannot die and go to heaven with sin in my life. I have to have a Savior. That's what Christmas is all about, folks. We have to have a Savior. And if you don't have this Savior, it doesn't matter about anything else, regardless of what you read somewhere or somebody tells you. You've got to have your sins washed. You've got to know what it means to walk around as a regenerated person. And Jesus can do that. So say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm ready to be adopted. I'm ready to be loved by the King of kings. I'm ready for the everlasting Father that will outlast every battle and problem I'll ever have. I'm ready for Him to call me His own. If you will say this from your heart and you will give Him your life, that's what He wants. He wants your life. He, he, he wants you just to say, this world is really of no value to me. And anybody anywhere, in here or out there, if you want to be adopted right now, will you just say, Jesus, this is me? And if you pray it, then the Bible says that he's willing and he's just, he'll do it. He keeps his promises. He's an everlasting father. And just think, he's outlasted everything in your life, every bad habit, pitiful decision to right now. He's outlast. he's the everlasting father. He's never said, don't come home. But he's telling you now, I'm preparing a home for you and I want you to be able to come home. If you do that, the Bible says you are born again and now you're part of his royal family. And we just have a number. We'd like to send something to you and help you out. If you'll just send uh, a text to the phone number 910-401-1199. Uh, 
we will send you some, and text the word save. They have the instructions for you on the screen and it'll, it'll just get the information to us and it'll also give you other information and you'll be able to, to start your walk with the Lord and, and God will help you. Again, the number 910-400-1199 or just send uh, us the message through multitudeschurch.com slash save. And I want to just pray for you before we go. Father, I love you and I thank you for everyone that's been a part of this worship service today. God, that you would bless them and keep them. You would, Lord, make your face to shine on them and be gracious to them. Lift up your countenance, Lord, on them. God, I pray that you would give peace. That peace that we know comes from the Prince of Peace that passes all our understanding. And Father, I pray that we would be mindful of our everlasting Father this week. Hallelujah. God, we just thank you. We want to be ready. We want to be focused on you. And all that you do, we'll give you praise for it. And before you leave, we just want to tell you we love you. We want you to have a Merry Christmas. Tune in Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And I've got a little something I want to share with you Wednesday night. And then Thursday, on Christmas Day, we'll be here at 5 o'clock. Registration, unless you hear otherwise, will resume on uh, Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. But be careful, be careful, and be on fire for God. And let's start praying right now for this revival. That